Welcome to the Thumb Body Show, where we prove that even your thumb can change the world. That's impossible. Join host Jimmy Gibson as we explore the zany world of entrepreneurship and personal branding. We'll cover topics like storytelling, public speaking, writing your first book, content creation, and video, and occasionally... Our host may even perform a few magic tricks for you. But don't worry, we're not all business. Oh no. Oh no. We like to have a little fun and embrace our inner weirdness. Are you ready to unleash your inner thumb entrepreneur? That's that's not even a word. Ready to make a difference in the world? This is the show for you. Join us on the Thumbbody Show and let's spread the power of one of a kindness. What does that even mean? You're not a nobody. You're a somebody. You're a thumbbody. All right, welcome back to the Thumbbody Show, where we're diving deeper into the world of memory mastery. I'm your host, Jimmy Gibson, and this is episode 20 and part two of our Better Memory Masterclass. Get ready to continue our journey of unlocking your memory superpowers. I'm here to remind you that you are Thumbbody Special. Yep, by now, you should be fully in the know about the Thumbbody brand and the backstory. If not, Invest another 10 minutes in episode number one. The full story is there. I'm bringing back a brand from my childhood that was abandoned in the late 1970s. On the Thumbbody Show, we're all about spreading the power of one of a kindness. We believe that everyone has unique skills and talents that can be used to make a positive impact in the world. Now, before we dive into part two, let's take a moment to review the incredible content we covered in part one. We explored the captivating science of memory, delving into the encoding, storing, and retrieving of information in our marvelous brains. And along the way, we debunked a few memory myths that have been floating around. If you missed part one, don't worry. You can catch up at any time and join us in this memory-boosting adventure. Be sure to go back and listen to episode 19. Studies have shown that relying heavily on technology can hinder our problem-solving abilities. It's like handing the keys over to our brains to another gadget and saying, hey, you figure it out. We need all the problem-solving power we can get, and that's where our memory comes into play. Just think about it. The ability to recall names, dates, and important business strategies can make a world of difference in your professional life and your personal brand. Let's get started with the Thumbbody Show. And now, and, and, and now, our special segment. It's, it's what, what you've, you've been, been waiting, waiting for. Welcome back to the Thumbbody Show in part two of our Better Memory Masterclass. This isn't a lightning bolt moment where your memory instantly becomes flawless. It's a journey of learning and practice. Throughout this masterclass, you'll gain valuable techniques and insights that will reshape the way you think, and remember, remember each memory trick you learn is a piece of a puzzle and you'll need to put them together in creative ways. Whether you're remembering names, lists, birthdays, or appointments, there are different techniques that can be your secret weapons. 
Now, during this masterclass, you may hear references to playing CDs or mentions of groups. Keep in mind that this recording comes from a seminar held a few years back. But fear not, the techniques and concepts are as relevant today as ever. In session number one, we laid the foundation, teaching you a technique you can start implementing right away. Now, in session number two, we're going to build upon that foundation and take your memory skills to new heights with additional brain exercises. Get ready to ignite your memory power, boost your problem-solving abilities, and unlock your entrepreneurial and personal branding genius. This is The Thumbbody Show, and it's time to dive into part two of our Better Memory Masterclass. Let's move on to the next step in the process of improving our memory. It's called the PEG system. It's going to be a permanent system that you can carry with you and use for many, many different things. It's called the body list. We will be using pictures again, but this time we'll associate them to parts of our body. Let me teach you the body list. It's very important that you get the names of the parts exactly right. We'll do this a couple of times to make sure everyone gets the idea. Here we go. Toes, knees, middle, rear, elbows, shoulders, collar, face, brain, and sky. That's 10 places or 10 pegs. All right. It's important that everybody gets this right. So everybody stand up. All right. If you're driving, don't stand up. But we're going to touch the parts as we say them out loud. Toes, toes, touch your toes. Knees, knees, say it out loud. Touch your knees. Middle, middle, touch your middle. Rear, rear, touch your rear. Elbows, elbows, say it out loud now. Shoulders, shoulders. Collar, collar, you can just kind of touch your neck on collar. Face, both hands on your face. Brain, brain, obviously you can't touch your brain, but touch the top of your head. Sky, now just put your hands up and wiggle your fingers up and towards the sky. For sky, just put those hands up, point to the sky, good. Now, let's say it one more time. Toes, toes, knees, knees, middle, middle, rear, rear, elbows, elbows, shoulders, shoulders, Collar, collar, face, face, brain, brain, sky, sky. Maybe it's a good idea to actually shut the CD off at this point and rehearse this because it's very important that you have each of these down quickly so you can recall them quickly up, down, anywhere you want to go in the body list. So go ahead and shut the CD off, practice that for a minute, and then turn it back on and we'll get back with the rest of the exercises. Great. Now, what we're going to do is we're going to attach an item to the body parts. Remember, we want action, and it should attempt to be out of the realm of something that would normally happen. We always start with the toes and work our way up. The body list is designed to flow up the body from one part to the next. So we'll need our first item. Remember, this is a grocery list, so corn. Great. How are we going to associate corn with toes? How about big ears of corn stuck between our spread out toes. Good, just get that visual image in your mind. Corn stuck between our spread out toes. Remember, there needs to be action, something that normally wouldn't happen in the realm of possibility. All right, the next item is spaghetti. We're gonna attach this to the next item on the list is 
knees. Good. Take the spaghetti and wrap the noodles around your knees. Maybe you'll stick dry noodles into your knees. Pain is a good way to remember. All right. So we've got corn, toes, spaghetti, knees. Next item is cake. Take the cake and associate it with your middle. Now, don't just say, if I eat too much cake, I'll get bigger in the middle. Yes, that can happen in reality, but it's not creative enough, and it's one step removed in what we're trying to do. So, how about taking the cake and smearing it all over your middle, seeing it get stuck in your belly button, whatever. You think of your own visual there. The next item is eggs. Associate eggs with your rear. Maybe you're balancing eggs on your rear so they don't fall off. All right, next item ice cream. Associate ice cream with your elbows. Maybe you take both elbows and shove them into the ice cream carton. Imagine how cold that would be. Get a nice visual image of that. Next item is bread. Associate bread with your shoulders. Are you wearing bread on your shoulders? Maybe your shoulders have turned into a loaf of bread. Get that visual image, shoulders, bread. Next item is bacon. Associate bacon with your collar. Can you tightly wrap the bacon around your collar or neck? Bacon and collar. The next item is peanut butter. We're going to associate peanut butter with your face. Can you see your head inside a jar of peanut butter and your face is looking out of the jar? Is it chunky or smooth? Are your eyebrows caked with peanuts? Peanut butter and face. The next item is Jello. Jello with your brain. Imagine jello with your brain. Do you have a brain made out of jello? What color is the jello? Now, the next item is milk. Associate milk to the sky. Is it raining milk? Or are there cows flying through the air? All right. You've associated all the body list items and the grocery items, so let's go through them again. Toes, what's on your toes? corn in between those toes knees spaghetti wrapped around your knees middle cake middle cake rear eggs good eggs elbows ice cream you see how quickly these things come back to you just one time through the list shoulders bread good shoulders bread collar bacon collar bacon good face peanut butter Face, peanut butter. Brain, jello. Of course, you remember that one. What color is the jello? Sky, milk. Now, the advantage of the body list is that you can recall the list in any order. The link story that we had for our errands has to flow in the order of the story to work, one thing being linked to the next. Now, I'll name out some body parts. You tell me what is attached. Face. Peanut butter, good. Toes, corn. Elbows, ice cream. Sky, milk. Middle, cake. Knees, spaghetti. Rear, eggs. Shoulders, bread. Collar, bacon. Brain, jello. All right, let's go in order this time. Toes, corn, knees, spaghetti, middle, cake. Working our way up the body list. Rear, eggs, 
elbows, ice cream, shoulders, bread, collar, bacon, face, peanut butter, brain, jello, and sky, milk. Well, how did you do? Did the items come back to you? All right, let's go back to our to-do list story. How did you try and open the car? Coat hanger. What is that a picture for? The cleaners. All right, what did the pirate coins turn into? Yummy little birthday cakes. What is that a picture for? The baker. All right, what's on your knees? Spaghetti. Now, yes, it is going to take a little practice on your part, but now you won't rely on having to make a list. Besides that, how many times have you left the house and forgotten the list? What do you do now? Sure, you may remember a few of the items, but how annoying is it to return home and find the list on the counter and realize you've forgotten a few items or you've forgotten to make a few stops? Besides that, the memory exercises are fun and they work your brain. After a while, these stories come more easily and the techniques simply fade into the background. You'll find yourself remembering things that you didn't even know you were concentrating on. That's when it becomes truly amazing. All right, we're moving on. We're going to talk a little bit about the absent-mindedness that we experience on a daily basis. Everyone complains of forgetting silly things during the day. You leave one room, go into another, and can't for the life of you remember why you're there. Well, sometimes you do remember, sometimes you don't. Maybe you remember two hours later when you're away from the situation and you were supposed to bring something with you. Or maybe you're still in the house, and the harder you try to remember, the more difficult it becomes to figure out any plausible reason for your actions. Well, absent-mindedness is exactly that. Your mind was absent from the situation. The thought entered your mind, you started moving into the other room, and your brain began thinking about something else. You were never really committed to the action mentally. Your brain disengaged sooner than it was supposed to. Now, this happens frequently when we have many things to do and our brain is racing from one thing to the next. How can we solve this problem? Well, the first thing you can do is commit from this day forward that you're going to stop multitasking. You may brag to everyone that you can do 10 things at once. Sure, maybe you can, but how much stress is this causing you? If you slow down, concentrate on what you're doing, complete that task before you move on to the next one, you will be surprised at how many instances of absent-mindedness disappear. Now, I know you're sitting there thinking, sure, Jimmy, that's going to happen. You've got no idea how busy I am. All right, I just threw it out there as a goal to work on. But if you're bound and determined to keep multitasking, you just need to use this technique of converting your action into a picture. All right, let's say you're going into the den or living room to get a pair of scissors. I don't know what you need the scissors for. It's not important. Now, if you need the scissors for something that you're working on, when you get to the den and can't remember why you're there, you'll be prompted by the project you've left in the other room. If you don't have the scissors, you can't move on to the next step in your project. So let's just say that you're going to need the scissors for something you'll be working on later and you just wanted to get them while you were thinking about it. Here's the trick. Before you leave the area where you thought of the scissors, Picture in your mind's eye some ridiculous situation that involves the scissors in the other room. All right, maybe a giant pair of scissors are jammed into the couch. The stuffing from the cushions is flying all around the room. Get this mental picture. 
It doesn't take but a second. But when you enter the living room, you see the couch with a giant pair of scissors and remember why you were there. All right, just a review. Don't think of some ordinary situation with the scissors. Like, all right, when I enter the room, the scissors will be on the coffee table. Make it out of the context of something that would normally happen. Good. Does this technique make sense? You can use the same trick when somebody says, remind me to tell so-and-so about the newspaper article the next time we see her. Don't you hate that? They don't want to remember, so they put all the pressure on you. Well, that's fine. Now that you have a super memory, you can handle it. All right, you're supposed to remember to tell your companion about a newspaper article that so-and-so would be interested in on your next visit. All you have to do is link the newspaper to the image of this person, and you're done. All right, so maybe the newspaper is wrapped around this person's face. Maybe they have newsprint or comics printed all over their body. Be creative. Make it out of the realm of possible things that could happen. Then, the next time you see this person, the image will flash before you. You can remind your companion about what you were supposed to remind them about, and you're off the hook. Pretty fascinating stuff here. So, you're always having trouble remembering where you put your keys. Convert that action into a picture. The next time you put your keys down, stop and think of a wild visual. All right, maybe you put them down on the kitchen table. Picture in your mind's eye the table collapsing under the weight of the keys in this giant heavy key ring. It splinters the table into little toothpicks. That's a hard visual to forget. Not only will you remember this picture when you're looking for your keys later, but the simple action of stopping and creating the picture will prevent you from disengaging your mind from the situation creating the absent-mindedness that we've talked about before. See, all of these things can be transferred to different applications. All right, here's what you've all been waiting for. Remembering names. Remembering people's names. I'm sure you've all been in the situation where you introduce yourself, they introduce themselves, and literally, five seconds later, you can't recall their name. What now? Do you ask them again? I've done it. It's pretty embarrassing. I'm going to give you some techniques that should help. Just like anything else, you'll have to rehearse, but the great thing about it is you've got plenty of opportunity. You're always meeting new people. Hey, this may encourage you to meet lots of new people. It will be a wonderful excuse to try out your new memory talents. You'll actually look forward to the situation instead of dreading it. All right, here are the steps. Listen carefully. The first and most important step is to hear the name. It sounds simple, but you'd be surprised at how many people don't actually hear the name. Maybe they have an accent. Maybe their head was turned. Some noise in the room prevented you from clearly understanding them. If you didn't hear it, ask them to repeat it immediately. It's much better than a minute from now. So, you will repeat their name. Nice to meet you, and then say their name. Now, you need to make the name memorable. You can do this out loud by saying, gee, that's a great name. Is that a family name? Or maybe you silently do a word association or replacement with their name. All right, here's an example. Maybe you just met Bill. In your mind, you think dollar bill, duck bill. All right. Or you've met Diana. Break her name apart. Diana. Or Dianta. In your mind, you think dying ants. 
I know it's a stretch, but you will be surprised at how effective this is. Now, you want to link this picture with the person. Look for some distinguishing feature about them. You really want to pick a physical feature like their nose, ears, body shape, posture. If you pick a feature that involves their clothes or hair, it might not be the same the next time you see them. So, if their name is Bill, you've converted that into dollar bill. And you notice that Bill has a rather large nose. So you picture in your mind's eye a dollar bill hanging on Bill's large nose. All right, maybe Diana has freckles on her face. Imagine that these freckles are really dying ants. All right, folks, this is not, you're not going to tell them this. This You're just going to think this in your mind's eye. The next time you see her, you'll see the freckles. Remember that they're dying ants and pop, her name, Diana, enters your brain. So you want to repeat their name, strengthening the link. It was nice to meet you, Bill, while in your mind's eye, picturing the dollar bill hanging from his nose. Any additional information that you can get about a person's name, their family origin, where they were born, that can help you in your association. Let's just say that Bill grew up in Florida. Now you can imagine a dollar bill hanging from Bill's large nose while he's trying to shake the hand of Mickey Mouse. So you've added the fact that Disney World is in Florida to the visual. So now when you see Bill again, you can say, hey, it's Bill, my good friend from Florida. Won't he be impressed? So those are the steps. Review them again. Thanks for sticking with me through the entire program. It will take a little rehearsal on your part, but with a little practice and creativity, you will be amazed at your progress. Please keep in touch. Let me know how you're doing with your memory improvement. You can email me at any time. See how easy that was? I'll tell you, this stuff gets addictive. <laughs> anyway, play the CD again. Rehearse the body list. Toes, knees, middle, rear, elbows, collar, face, brain, and sky. Practice linking a story together. Convert your actions into a picture and practice those names. Rehearse, be creative, and remember... Have a great time. All right. Well, I hope you enjoyed this Better Memory Masterclass and Part 2. If you haven't listened to Part 1, remember to go back and listen to Episode 19. You can always replay either episode at any time to brush up on those memory hacks. And thanks for sticking with it. That's a wrap. Thanks for tuning in. Before you go, here's our rule of thumb from today's episode. Ooh, a thumb tip. <laughs> rule of thumb from part two, unleashing your memory superpowers. We use the body list technique when faced with a long list of items to remember, create a vivid mental image where each item is associated with a specific body part. For example, imagine a pineapple in place of your head, oranges as kneecaps and a banana peels as your shoulder bones. These techniques leverage the power of visual and kinesthetic cues, making it easier to recall the items when needed. We also talked about combating absent-mindedness. To combat those moments of absent-mindedness, try using memory triggers and association techniques. For instance, when you enter a room, mentally assign a specific object or visual cue to remind you of the task or item you need to remember. 
For example, if you need to remember to grab your keys, visualize a giant key-shaped keychain hanging on the doorknob as you enter. This way, when you see the key-shaped cue, it will trigger your memory to retrieve the keys. Remembering names. Names are incredibly important, so here's a fun and effective way to remember them. When you meet someone new, create a mental image that links their name to a distinctive feature or occupation they have. By associating names with memorable visuals, you'll have a better chance of recalling them later and making others feel special when you address them by name. Remember, practice makes perfect when it comes to memory improvement. So embrace these techniques, unleash your memory superpowers, and become a master of remembering body lists, combating absent-mindedness, and impressing everyone by remembering their name. Keep expanding your thumb body special memory skills and make your mark on the world. Again, thanks for tuning in. If you enjoyed this episode, remember to subscribe, uh, give us a review, and we'll see you next time on The Thumbbody Show. Ready to become a part of the most exclusive club around? Wow, really? The Thumbbody Club is where it's at. As a member, you'll get a membership card. Oh, yeah. Be a part of the global community of Thumbbodies. And receive a super secret weekly club newsletter. Wow. But that's not all. We've got a bag full of tricks coming throughout the year. Just go to imthumbbody.com to sign up. And the best part? It's totally free and worth every penny. <laughs> Don't miss out on this amazing opportunity. Join the Thumbbody Club today. <laughs>